Hello, welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. Before I get into it today, I just wanted to alert you to something incredibly exciting. The Doors for Plenty will be opening again very soon. And I have got an offer for those of you that join the waitlist. But you need to be on that waitlist. So if you've wanted to work with me, Plenty is my beloved money course. I adore it. Everyone who does it adores it. And I would love for you to be part of it if you've been wanting to work with me. Like I said, I'm going to be offering something really special to those people who join the waitlist. So if you're not on it, and if or if you're not sure if you're on it, jump on it via the show notes and you will be hearing more about Plenty very, very soon. Now enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. I'm still getting used to that new name and it's been weeks. Every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to say the wrong one. So today's guest, I am so excited that Lysandra is going to join us, is joining us. She's right here in front of me today. Lysandra is a, and hope, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these technicalities, is a psychotherapist. Her Instagram is chock full of brilliantly insightful stuff. I always love your content, the stuff that you share. And I know that she's an incredible therapist because I've heard it on the grapevine from various people who know who are in the know about this stuff. And I'm so excited to be able to chat to her about various themes around therapy, around trauma, around how this stuff shows up in our business and more. So first thing to say is welcome obviously thank you you for being here how did you end up doing what you do is this what you've always done or was there a a twisty road to get there oh there was definitely a twisty road to get there I think there's always been a part of me that's been fascinated with like human behavior and how people tick but it wasn't until after I had my children that I wanted to go into it as a Mm. profession and I I was one of those people that I didn't really know what I wanted to do so I would just kind of flip from job to job get bored yeah. change yeah so yeah it was definitely a process before I found my thing mm. and then when I did yeah I'm obsessed now so <laughs> <laughs> I love that and so you say that like, you were interested how did your interest show up when you were younger you're mm. interested in, in people like and, and how they think and why they think it yeah I think I was always the the kid that was very sensitive so mm. if, if somebody was going through something I would be the one that was like being a therapist basically yeah, and listening yeah. and consoling and but I would take on a lot of that myself so even yeah. I was quite worried about becoming a therapist because I thought am I going to absorb too much mm-hmm. of other people's mm. stuff so that in itself has been a process of having to work through and and manage yes I hear you on that I absolutely hear it. it's one of the reasons do you work exclusively online or do you do um, in person I do as well both. I do both I, I was doing in person before the pandemic and mm. the pandemic happened and yeah. I switched online and I'm trying to do both but everyone's like nah to do online so yeah. I'm trying to do it in person and get out of the house but <laughs> it's yeah. so easy and accessible for everyone now that they're just choosing online which I totally get I can't tell you that's one of my favorite things about the pandemic because if you listen to my podcast before the pandemic I think Maybe it was during the pandemic, actually. But I have been saying to therapists for so long, please go online, please go online, please go online. And they were like, no, I don't think it works. And I was like, it does. It will work the same. Please, please. Yeah. <laughs> and so it kind of shifted the industry in a way that I, I do think it's good to be in person as well. I think so. I did both with my therapist mm. and we did on the phone. And I know when I was in person, I could have I couldn't avoid feelings that when I was on the phone, I could avoid. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like on the phone, I would be like, 
for. I'm going to cry, but I'm going to like brace <laughs> myself. Yeah. yeah. Like move myself away from the phone. Whereas in person, your therapist looks at you and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> so I do think there are bits, but I think a Zoom call like this, mm-hmm. you you get that same thing where you can't really avoid, like, yeah. they look th- like therapists. Well, they, I always feel like therapists look through me and I'm like, oh God, you know. <laughs> And I wondered if you would, if you don't mind sharing, because I think a lot of us have that windy road to how we get to something. And I certainly, and I know lots of my clients have had a story of like feeling like we quit on things a lot because you'd be like, oh, what about that? Oh, no, that's not it. What about that? Have you uncovered anything in your like, because obviously being a therapist, you do a lot of excavating of your own experience. Did you figure anything out about why it was a twisty road or do you just think that was the path to getting there? I think that was a lot of the path that I needed to take to get there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how else to kind of mm. describe that, but it was. I feel like I, I trust the timing of things. Yes. And so yeah. I think if I had done this when I was younger, it wouldn't have had the same impact. Yeah, yeah. So it, it really happened when it needed to happen. I think that's a really interesting thing for people because I'm similar to you in that I was always interested in how people work. Mm. And there's this trick, and I didn't even know coaching existed as a thing. Like I had no idea until like not long before I became a coach, like I just didn't understand that that it existed as a, as a, as a job, as a role. But I also think you're like, exactly like you say, like experience, life experience is really important in that space. It's a tricky thing for people in their like early twenties, even and late teens. Like I was always, even in the TV I watched. Yeah. I loved like being like, Oh, look how these humans interact. Why are they doing that? Mm. It's like gathering that experience. Exactly. It does make you really good at what you do and yeah. also following what you're naturally good at as well yeah. it's a kind of yeah. sticky space mm-hmm. okay so I'm gonna dive straight in okay the big cool. question which is the one that I said I sent you in a dm on instagram I said I really want to talk about this so I know I've got lots of like I call think of them as colleagues like friends who are in a similar industry we're on whatsapp with each other all the time we're in each other's dms and stuff and I and I know this with clients as well Running your own business, when you go into it, it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on my own timeline. I'm gonna make this thing happen for myself. And and you don't know <laughs> about the personal development, if we could call it that journey you're about to unwittingly undertake. Yeah. And I wrote in my question, I said, why does running our own businesses often bring up so much? And I put, I mean, it sent me and a lot of my friends running to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you think it brings up so much yeah. for us? Yeah, it, I think it puts yourself out there in probably in a way that you haven't had to before. Mm. And it almost reminds me of even being back in like the school days. Of yeah. Wanting to have that acceptance and wanting to be liked, wanting to belong. Yeah. And yeah. when you're doing your business or you're setting up your business, that's essentially you want people to like you in a way. Yeah. Because you want them to choose you yeah and so yeah. you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position so if there's a lot of things that you haven't worked through mm. that's going to show up because you're putting yourself in such an, a, a vulnerable space yeah yeah and so everything starts to come up yeah everything like really yeah. everything <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> like and it, I often think about the fact like if I hadn't started my business would I have just bumbled along with all of that stuff there yeah and Quite people possible. do yeah <laughs> You bumble yeah. along, you don't pay much attention to it, but it's not until it kind of smacks you in the face mm. when you're like, okay, I need to stop and I need to do some work on this because it's obviously, it's, it's holding me back in a lot of areas or it's, or it's stopping me from even showing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did some coaching training with the brilliant Sass Petherick and she talked us through various self-concepts 
And the first one was forming self-concept, which is when you, I was thinking of like a disco ball, like your sense of self is informed by everybody who has an opinion on you, basically. It's completely outwardly sourced. And then the second one, I think it's in her work, was called reforming self-concept. No, reform self-concept, which is when you know who you are, but if someone questions it, it wobbles. Yeah. And then that first one, she said 60% of adults never leave that first one. Mm. And I thought, I think that's really, it's really sad in a way, because that's I find that a very traumatic way to live like with because I'm quite a big personality if I'm constantly absorbing everyone's opinion of me Mm -hmm. it's really not very nice (laughs) because they're not always very nice opinions but I do also think it gave me a sense of like this is unusual work a lot of us are doing yeah we're not doing the normal like not everyone's healing the generational stuff and not everyone's looking at this stuff and we can often be very hard on ourselves about it like I guess so I guess my question would be like for somebody who's listening to this going oh yeah it's brought up a lot of stuff for me Mm -hmm. other than and I hope the message of this whole podcast is please go and get a therapist and talk to them about it what else would you say like what what would you want that person to know in that moment as they're realizing that I think just normalizing that process Mm. and to realize you're not losing it yes oh it, yes and this comes up for everyone and it's it's just part of that process that you have to work through yeah yeah oh that's I think that you're not losing it mm. so important yeah because I remember going to see my therapist for the first time first of all I like opened the door sat down and cried like it was moments yeah and secondly like I had and I didn't know about the idea and I think it's becoming so much more normalized certainly in my corner of the internet about the family parts therapy the idea that you are lots of different your multitudes and all of that stuff I didn't really know about that and I was like I feel like I've got all these different versions of me fighting in my head and I think this is where mindset work without supportive therapy at times can be really problematic because you build up this one version of you that really believes in stuff but you don't address the other parts of you (laughs) that are like that have you seen that is that something that yeah yeah. and that's that's a bit of a pet peeve of mine Mm. And I see a lot of, and you know, it's not to put any disparaging comments on, on coaches because obviously, you know, everyone's doing great work, but mm. sometimes it's it's very superficial yeah. work. Yeah. And, you know, I've had friends who, who themselves have gone into coaching and then they've kind of skipped the deeper work. And I'm just thinking mm-hmm. it's going to come up and bite you in the ass and you're not going to realise <laughs> until it's, you know, yeah. you have to kind of think deeper than just mm. the, where is my mindset? At? And sometimes I think yeah. that's the part that's missing. Yeah. And yeah. I think people think if I do the mindset stuff, then everything will be okay. Yeah. And that's just one part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It For me, it created a warring situation in my head. Yeah. And probably quite a lot of shame as well mm. in that. Why can't I just push through that? Like, why can't? Because I think that the, the way that lots of coaches, and I, I wonder, I don't know, I find it hard to believe, but I do wonder if for some of them, it is that simple. I, 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 I think I'm just a, what am I like an optimist about humans sometimes I like don't like I can be really cynical but sometimes I don't want to believe that they're sat there going oh my god this is awful for me but I'm just gonna pretend it's fine for everyone else like I find it really hard maybe they are doing that but I think maybe it is easier I call that emotional privilege in my work Mm. like when someone's had the like confidence given to them by their parents by their caregivers I think you can access a well of confidence sometimes more easily than other people can not just yeah it's I think because I think also it transcends all other privileges like you can be born into any situation and have parents who pour that into you and still have a sense of something or not even just a parent somebody who comes along and just is that role model for you 
But I think, yeah, I think, so I do wonder if some coaches really can do that and they don't have that. I felt like I had darkness kind of grappling at, grappling at me yeah, and I couldn't, and, and, and it just led to me feeling split. That's the way to put it. Yeah. Like feeling like I'm not whole. There's yeah. this one lot that I want to run. I want that bit to run me and be in charge and it's all positive and stuff. But actually it was fanning the flames of trauma and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And even just what you're describing is is just, and that's the process of therapy. A lot of the time people are coming as their fragmented selves. Yeah, yeah. And they have split off from, you know, having this part of themselves and mm. that part of themselves. And, mm-hmm. and therapy is the, is the part where you integrate all of those parts together. Yeah. Oh, and it's mind blowing. It's yeah. so, when you do it, it's like, oh, oh my God. This is, and, and I as well, just, I think I've shared this, but I want to really share, like I put off therapy. I kept trying to find a quick fix. <laughs> Is that you're it's, nodding like everyone does that? Everyone does that. <laughs> Good to know. Um, I've done that because <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And I also remember I've got a really good friend who's a therapist, who's an amazing therapist. Who, it's yeah. really annoying when you've got good friends who are therapists and you can't see them because yeah. you're like, ah, but you're, I she's that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> she's amazing. And I remember bumping into on the street, and I was coming out of one of my first sessions, and I was like, oh, I've just been doing it for a few weeks, and she was like, oh, wait till you're two years in. That's when the good stuff comes up, and I was like say that to me <laughs> I what well, I thought we'd be done in like three months yeah. and I was I was in it for th- three years <laughs> wow yeah good amazing yeah no and it was it was because I think it the parts had got so I mean for starters I don't feel like I feel like I still have all these parts but I don't judge that now it's just yeah. I realized that I'm very multifaceted as is everybody listening yeah and it's still like getting to grips with that the point I was going to make was I wish I'd done it earlier I wish I hadn't kept trying to skip bits Mm -hmm. because if anything, I was adding more problems than solving them. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who is reticent, so let's say we're talking to me a few years ago and I'm trying all these different, more coachy end of things actually to try and like fix things. What would you like, what I know what the question is, what do you wish people understood about therapy that maybe they don't? Like, why do you think we put it off? doing it so much I think there's a real fear of the unknown mm. and a fear towards change as well mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's also putting yourself again in, in a vulnerable position yeah so yeah. and you can't really hide a lot in therapy you can try to hide a lot in therapy but I think yeah. you get there's obviously a benefit to you hiding some of those parts and I think people yeah. are really scared of unraveling and unraveling too much mm-hmm. mm. and not being able to cope with what comes up almost unraveling completely yeah 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 and the the part of part of the therapist's job is to keep you together so that you don't completely unravel Mm. that's part of the process yeah I think that's so important for people to hear that because I don't think I don't think I've thought of it in those terms and I'm like quite a seasoned (laughs) therapist not a word but like someone who's done a lot of therapy and I think I think one of the things that was really shocking to me so I had my mum died when I was 20 so when I started therapy I was probably 36 and so obviously a long time had passed and I had had therapy before yeah but it was really interesting to me like because I'd stored up a load of grief I walked around there was one week where I walked around with just crying but not crying like water just leaving my eyes and I it was like all this it was such an an odd experience but to speak to what you just said I didn't feel unsafe with it at all I actually was a bit like yeah because I got 
with the help of my therapist and I will say as well coaches and just being surrounded by so many people who are obsessed with other people's feelings as well I kind of I was able to like just watch that feeling happen rather than judging it yeah and I think that's something else therapists do model so beautifully is because they hold that space for you yeah Okay. I think it's quite hard if, if somebody's not in the, the world of therapy sometimes mm. even the language can feel a bit intimidating yeah and when you say things like holding space if you've not yeah. been in therapy you're like what the hell is holding yeah. space? what does that what mean that? <laughs> yeah 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 totally what do you because I think sometimes as well I think people struggle to know how to do therapy yeah like even how to talk and what yeah. to say yeah. like what do you give your clients any advice around that or any kind of guidance how to show up with their therapy I'm, I'm starting to look a little bit more into that but, and I'll be mm. completely honest the clients that I like to see like my favorite clients are ones who've had therapy before yeah I can imagine that and they want to go deeper because mm. I'm, I'm a bit of a deep therapist <laughs> so I, I want to get in there yes my favorite kind <laughs> so so yes while I see people who've had therapy mm. once before I think because of the type of language that I use I tend to attract a lot of people who have who are either in the coaching space and are aware mm. of that sort of thing yeah have had therapy before and they were just yeah. a little bit deeper mm, I love that and I love what you've like like mini business lesson right there because of the language I use these are the people I attract and they're my favorite people yeah and that's it it's like you're not doing because I think this is a mistake lots of people make and this is a little bit of a pivot but you're not speaking you're not giving tips on like how to start therapy because you want people who already know that I think my thing is with my therapist, and you can tell me if you're like, Ray, this is, don't give that advice out on, <laughs> on your podcast, but I just tell them everything. Like, yeah. I'm just like unfiltered. If I'm like, I shouldn't tell them. I'm like, I'm just going to tell them everything. Yeah. Because partly I'm paying for it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to like, I want to, and it still took three years. I know that me saying that people, I'm always aware that people might be like, like I was like, oh God, Ray, don't tell me it's going to take three years. But equally, like I was just like, I just want to get this out. Like, I just, I find it very hard to, like, telling the truth for me is, like, like soothing yeah. straight away. Like, and and in terms of holding space, one of the things that I mean with that is it's being seen for who you are and there being no judgment in that space. Like, I can say, like, oh, I did this awful thing and I feel terrible about it. And my therapist goes, well, can you see why you might have done that? And I'm like, yeah, maybe it was because this is this. She's like, yeah, makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it does. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say not to do that I think it, it takes a while and a relationship to be established yes. maybe to be able to do that and and having that safe space yeah I think some people might be scared to do that they are I'm always <laughs> telling my friends to, I think also I am a chronic oversharer like yeah. I like if we were out for dinner I'd probably like I actually might not if you're a therapist because I'd be worried that you'd be like oh my god here's someone comes again telling me their whole life <laughs> but I generally just tell people like lots of stuff that makes them feel uncomfortable that's <laughs> my <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, it's my thing. Yeah, it's fine. So let's like move the conversation a little bit into money. I think a lot of trauma shows up around money. A lot of so that's the other thing to say. Like I would bring my money stuff to my therapist too, and and it often wasn't about money. It was about other things. Yeah, and we would like talk about that. So she wasn't giving me like financial advice or anything, Mm -hmm. but the feelings that came up around money, I would also bring to her and around my business. So how do you like? maybe not how you see but how can like as in with clients but how can you how how can you imagine like or how have you seen trauma showing up for people specifically in the money-making elements of their business I suppose a lot of self-doubt and tying a lot of their worth to how much money they're making yes that tends to be quite a big thing 
that I see yeah. and I think in and I'm not too privy to too much in the coaching space yeah uh, but more of an app a bit of an outsider kind of looking in what I hear a lot about you know like 10k months and 20k and all, yeah. all of these like figures and then yeah. if, if people aren't meeting that they're kind of feeling like a failure or what am I getting wrong it seems so easy for everyone else and yeah. I'm struggling but I can't let everyone know that I'm struggling because I'm going to look like a failure and there's there's so much I think tied up in self-worth with that mm. that I see people struggle with as well yeah yeah and and I, I would also say from being a money coach perspective it is counterproductive in terms of actually making money like when your worth is entirely tied to that that a number or even like and that's not just the money that's also how your business looks yeah. how your last post went down mm-hmm. how many clients you've got how many sales you've made you put pressure on it in a way that actually doesn't let it do its thing anyway yeah. and you can find yourself really what's the word just really wobbling mm. emotionally yeah. really like self-doubt like you said really falling into that and that can be quite a hole to get yourself out of I think yeah definitely and, and it's, it's something that I see a lot in even just with other therapists in mm, private practice as well yes and there is a thing of how many clients do you have and then yes. when you say a number yes. and then if it's higher if it's low but it, it doesn't matter because everyone's life looks different so one yeah. person's high is not somebody else's you know it, it it's all relative mm-hmm. at the end of the day but I think people place a lot of emphasis on on numbers and what that might mean and it, are you successful yes. or are you not successful yeah absolutely I mean I've, I've even had I've had this conversation a number of times with people where they don't want to say I've got I've got four spaces or I've got two spaces yeah. available for one-to-one or if they're a therapist in that space because they don't want to admit that they've got spaces mm. so then they don't they don't tell anyone they've got spaces yeah. <laughs> and the spaces stay yeah. <laughs> and I'm always like you have to say like there could be any number of reasons why you've got spaces probably just people have finished mm-hmm. but nobody knows you don't have to say I've got spaces because actually I've been struggling with self-doubt and I haven't been able to talk about it and blah 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 like we don't have to I know I'm just talking about telling your therapist everything but you don't have to tell your audience everything yeah they're not your therapist very important right. point <laughs> yes <laughs> that part <laughs> and I actually that I wasn't planning on saying that but I think that's a really important part of why having a therapist and a, and a coach in some parts this would be true as well why that's so important because we do need spaces right yeah, to absolutely. air our wobbles yeah yeah and I, I try to do a combination of both therapy and coaching because I think mm. it, it's you get different things from different just modalities and different yes. experiences yeah so I'm not all therapy no coaching I'm, I like to kind of blend the both I think that's that's quite apparent in my style as well I love that I love that. So that's going to lead me to the question that okay. I said I might not ask, but I'm totally going to ask. <laughs> so tell me a bit, because I I really recognize this. We talk actually a lot about this in my courses, but I would love to know your thoughts on it. Where do you see people going for coaching when actually they should be going for to therapy? Like Because it is a blurry line sometimes. And like you say, like in the same way, Actually, my therapist, I, I don't know if she would not know this, but she totally went into coaching. In fact, she would do because she is a coach as well. So she would totally do that. And I find that really helpful because mm. I like, I think in back in the day, it was quite like therapists are very like just this wall for you to yeah. kind of say your stuff on. And I like that that's changing like yeah. with different modalities and stuff. So yeah, where do you see this issue? Like where people are going for coaching when they should be going for therapy? Yeah, I, I find that people tend to uncover a lot of trauma 
in coaching and yes. they go when they're feeling stuck with things and they yes. want to become unstuck yes but what I also see a lot of the time are coaches asking because I'm, I'm in a coaching group mm. as well just because I wanted to, to learn how to work in that way yeah but I I had to come out of the group because I would mm. see a lot of questions of coaches asking how to essentially do therapy mm. and I got fed up of saying this is a therapy issue yeah tell them to go to therapy yeah and that that was quite infuriating for me so I had to leave that group mm. and it's, it's a lot of the time where people are uncovering either things from childhood or how it's impacting their relationships and then they're not being able to find a way to move forward and they're they're kind of using self-blame instead of uncovering well what is the root issue absolutely could not agree more yeah and it's it's a lot of like putting a plaster over the situation yeah and then not really dealing with what's what's going on underneath yeah yeah and it's it's the thing is that coaching we deal with what's happening in the present yeah but if somebody is constantly referring this is how I was taught if someone's constantly referring back to the past I mean I'm a very we talk about a very therapy positive space in my courses so if something's coming around up around someone's past and it's continually because I think it's you know it's sometimes you'll go oh yeah because my like I'll do this like oh because this happened with my dad oh and that impacts that like but because I've done the work in therapy I'm able to go it's a very like that's a fact I know that oh cool that links here and then you'll bring it into the future but if somebody or into the present but if somebody is constantly going like they're circling in that space and I I think (laughs) I feel like I might step on some toes saying this but let me step on some toes even more okay. so. <laughs> because I think that like we need to be constantly referring people to therapy in coaching is my kind of thing. Like I have worked, had calls with people and be like, are you in therapy? Because they've said some stuff and they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, in that case, you, I will work with you. Yeah. Equally, I've said to clients, like people on calls, this is a therapy thing. Mm. and I've had people in my course and be like, you like, I can't do this with you. I don't have the skills for it. But I think a lot of that comes from scarcity on the part of the professional. And I think it's very linked to money because we're saying goodbye to a client potentially. Yes. And that's why we have to do money work as therapy professionals, as coaching professionals, because we have to be okay with say, like being, and it's this detachment we just talked about, removing our worth from how much money we make yeah. so that that person gets what they need. Yeah. And I think you've highlighted something really important and it, it might step on toes, but if it steps on toes, it steps on toes, right? But that, that's the thing, I think, because people are worried of, of making the money or they feel like they can help them in, in a certain way. But yes, you might be able to help them, but maybe they need to do some certain work before you can actually get the results that you want them to have. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, totally. It's, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's it's that thing of like, this is why so much of my work is about this idea of plenty in that there is enough for everybody. And mm. so, you know, some a therapist may be their most powerful next step or maybe actually it's, and I've got lots of friends who've done this with clients where they're like, you know what, I think we need to pause and you need to go and do this now. Yeah. Because, and that means saying like that money for me goes yeah. and it goes into somebody else's pocket because that's what the person needs. And that's what client-centered care is about. Client-centered care cannot be about your 10K month, ever. As exciting as I think 10K months are. (laughs) Yeah. But it can't be. So if somebody is kind of at a crossroads of, like, I'm stuck, I'm not sure what to do, what would you suggest is there, like, what questions should they ask themselves 
in, in, in terms of deciding, should I go to coaching here or should I explore therapy? I suppose there's nothing wrong with reaching out for both. Yeah. And just having like, people tend to do like introductory calls or discovery yeah. calls, whatever you want to call them, and just seeing what feels right. Yeah, I love that. And, and just, just kind of being open to that. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think there's anything wrong. Sometimes if you're doing both, if, if you've got the means to be able to do that yeah. and thinking about, you know, what, what's your priority? Mm. I think as well, like, I really am a big fan of not waiting till you're desperate for therapy. Yeah. And I think that plays into our conditioning mm. because we've been conditioned, right, to like put to to what's the word exist with less and that be we see that as enough mm-hmm. that's why I don't love the whole I am enough like message that gets put out like I agree you are enough but sometimes enough is like how much is enough yeah like I might eat enough lunch but I'm still a bit hungry but I've eaten enough mm. you know so I also think like you don't have to be completely like falling apart to access therapy I think it's, it's so much better for you to not be at that point <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You come. yeah yeah because yeah it's, it's, otherwise it's a, it's more of an uphill slog to get yes. to baseline yes absolutely so absolutely and as someone who did wait till they were falling apart like I said I was in the door and I was crying yeah like I was really not okay I remember walking to my therapy appointment once things were more baseline mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about how I was struggling to decorate my house that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And I remember exactly where I was in, in my hometown. And I was like, oh, can I was like, you should probably stop therapy now because there's people with real problems and you're thinking about interior design with your therapist. Yeah. And then I was like, hang on a minute. And obviously there was still tons of deep yeah. stuff to go. Yeah. But I had to really say to myself and that my mantra for that year was how could like, rather than like, how can I get to just okay? It was like, how good can it get? Mm. Like, how good could my life be? How good could my emotional what's the word like agility be yeah my uh, my yeah my my ability to cope with different things because I am a I am an emotional roller coaster of a human yeah most most people most, are. <laughs> they are right I think that's so so important how how can do you think therapy support people as they're making more money as they're making and actually probably what I've just said feeds into this but as they're like, how can it help them to continue to run their business in a way that works for them as an individual? I think with therapy, it helps to give people a lot more clarity. Mm. So you can really think about, I suppose, the impact that you're making. Yeah. Why it's important to you, how you can make that happen. Yeah. And doing that without letting your stuff get in the way of that. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I think that stuff, that, yeah, yeah, is murky sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So if you can kind of show up as a version of you who is self-aware mm-hmm. and has done some of that work, then you can present yourself as the best version of you, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And not have you know other things or worries holding you back. Yeah, and I think that's not talked enough enough around therapy talked about enough because I think sometimes maybe this is just me like I'll talk about my perspective on it I think one of the reasons I put off going to therapy is because like you say therapy deals a lot with the past Mm. and sometimes it almost feels like going to therapy you're going backwards yeah like you know you're gonna have to unravel some stuff and and you know you're gonna have to wade through some stuff that if we're honest if Mm. I'm honest I felt like I probably should have already dealt with that like 
It's a flaw in me that I haven't. But I think what we don't talk about enough, we talk about this in coaching. Mm-hmm. First of all, I would say investing in, in therapy is as good an investment in your business as any coaching program in terms of how it's going to allow you to make more money. Like it is, people don't see therapy as an investment, a monetary investment. No. And it is. Yeah. Like it absolutely is. Because like you say, your stuff's not getting involved in the same way. Mm-hmm. You're clearer. Things are like your your energy, your thoughts, your like emotional self is clearer and clean. And I don't mean you're grubby if you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean it's like grubby pipes or like the, the who you are flows better through yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think we do need to see it more as a, as a an investment as in you will gain money from this I know that's not what you're promising in your therapy but as a side effect somebody who's able to like cope with their emotions and understands who they are they're going to make more money yeah yeah because they're able to function better day to day so it's it's gonna have that kind of impact on you yeah and they go you go less in circles of yourself Mm -hmm. you know that like with that like unconsciously and that's one of my favorite things as a coach I don't know if it's for you as well as a therapist but when someone goes oh yeah I can't believe I've been doing that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's the best it's the shift in their eyes where you go oh (laughs) my clients get really annoyed with me because like sometimes they realize really hard stuff and I they're like stop smiling yeah (laughs) oh no I know it's hard but it's so good it's so good Um, okay thank you so much I've loved this and I th- I hope that listening if you're in that space of you know either picking between coaching and therapy first of all I really want to echo what Lisandra said as well I if someone has the means my favorite thing is when people are having both coaching and therapy yeah. because it is then safe for me as a coach to mm. go take that to your therapist and, and I like doing that because I can also be like and they're like can I talk about that with them and I'm like yes yeah tell them that and equally, my clients will bring something and be like, so I covered this thing with my therapist. I think it relates in my business or my money making here. And yeah. we can then like move it. And I get that they're both big investments. It's not always possible, all of that stuff. And so I, I also love how open you were there about like, just have a chat with a few different people and see what lands. Because also it's really important you find the right therapist. It's really important you find the right coach. Absolutely. Not all coaches and therapists were created equally. Exactly. And it's, yeah. But actually- as well i was i was gonna say before i go because i always ask some quick fire questions mm-hmm. before i do that can you give people because that's one of the trickiest things for my clients i can not tell you how many times i've said to a client go and yeah i really think you need to go and get therapy and then they come back with some appalling story <laughs> and obviously that happens in coaching as well it happens in all industries it's not me tarnishing therapists but where they come back and i'm like they said what they said what now okay all right and they'll be checked it's like one client said they went to their therapist and just with what we were talking about, they said, I don't think you're having enough problems for therapy. It's <laughs> okay. like, what now? What? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, is that, is that's not okay that she said that, is it? And I was like, no, no, run away. Red flag, red flag. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say, like, is there something people can do to kind of make that process easier for them in finding someone who's the right fit? Yeah. I think word of mouth is really powerful. And yeah. asking, and you'll be surprised if you actually ask people, "Have you had therapy?" Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time, you will hear, "Yes, I have," and I recommend yeah. this person. Yeah. So recommendations are good, and yeah. also speaking to a few people as well. I like to yeah. speak to clients before I work with them, and yeah. I can always tell if we're going to have a good vibe mm. or not. And if it's not right, then I I say I don't think I'm the right therapist for you, and yeah. I kind of send them to somebody else who I might recommend. Yeah. 
but I think just having conversations and seeing how that feels and yeah. I think just don't be afraid to change even if you have a couple of sessions yes it's okay to think actually this isn't for me this isn't working as I thought it would yeah. if you feel comfortable to talk about that you can do mm. but if, if you feel like it's too big and it's yeah. early in the relationship and you just don't want to go there it's yeah. fine go and yeah. find another therapist that you feel yeah. comfortable you have to feel comfortable yes absolutely and I think even obviously it's that tricky thing of like is it me is it them like am I the am I the problem am I the drama here yeah but I think you can as well exactly like you said if you've checked in with friends and they've said they'd have therapy and you're like this doesn't feel quite right I think you can also check with your friends if you're happy to and be like this happened should is that normal is that what I should expect and they might say yeah that kind of happens but they might also go, no, that should not be something that, or they might say, that's not what I experienced. Yeah. And I think, yeah, because I think it's so like, it's a bit like hiring a team. What do they say? Like hire slow, fire fast. Mm. I think the same with a therapist yeah. <laughs> and a coach. <laughs> like, hi, like do your research, do your due diligence, like find them slowly. But if you're not sure. Yeah. I totally. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many amazing ones as well. That's That's the other thing I think I would want you to know, like, don't be thinking, oh, they're all terrible. They are not. Oh, my God. I know so many good therapists. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So many. And also, I feel free to slide into my DMs and I will happily recommend people that I have no affiliation with or have had therapy with. Don't worry, I'm not going to recommend my therapist because I don't want you. <laughs> I don't want people. <laughs> it would be weird. But yeah, I, I, there's so many people that I've heard such good things about. Ms. Andrew, you're one of the people that I recommend to people all the time. Thank you. Thank you're welcome. That. Okay. So quick fire round, just three questions. All First right. question, finish this sentence. Money is. Oh my gosh, something really bad just came up. <laughs> well, I know someone you can work on that with. <laughs> Immediately, the root of all evil came up. Yes, but that's the thing, isn't that's it? The saying, yeah. yeah. No, honestly, I think mine always is, I get money doesn't grow on trees a lot, is the one in my head. Yeah, we've all got those, like, yeah, anything. Quick fire. Yeah. Conscious. It's, it's an example of why you all need to do my courses right yeah. there. Um, <laughs> do you have a positive one that came up second? What's this? I don't want to sing because I'm not a good singer. <laughs> but this, the song Money came up. Which one? How do I describe it without singing it? What are the lyrics? Money, just money. money. Oh, money, 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 money. Yeah. Yes, that came yes. Up and like just throwing money in the air. Yes, love that. Love that. I think that's such a, because I love that in more modern times we've seen that kind of more celebration around money that's like starting to trickle through I love yeah. that my second question is have you read any books fiction non-fiction a recipe book I don't mind that you would recommend to people that you've read recently but if it's not not just your favorite one a book that I've read recently is a Brene Brown one Atlas of mm -hmm. the Heart is that good I've not it read that good. one yet it is good it's quite heavy going I haven't is finished it, it. yeah in, but in a nice way but it's, it's yeah it's a lot mm. it's one of those books I think you're probably gonna have to go back to yeah but it goes She's... through different emotions and yeah. uncovering all of that so yeah I, I like it oh I'll have to have a look because I've read her other stuff and I'm a big such yeah. a coaching cliche being I, I really like Brené Brown Everyone, I know <laughs> she's amazing <laughs> I saw an anti-Brené Brown TikTok the other day I've never unfollowed someone so fast yeah, I, saw I was that like how dare you yeah and I was like who is this like what are we doing this now? <laughs> yeah, do not. Yeah. Do not come for Breno Brown, please. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm really intrigued by that one. Did, have you listened to her first podcast back on one of her podcasts? Because I really recommend it. Because I think Breno Brown, I call her St. Brene of Brown. That's how my, like, my pet name. <laughs> but because I do think she's got a bit of a, like, like, she's such an icon of this sort of stuff. 
and I but her podcast back was basically while she was writing that book and it doesn't surprise me it's quite heavy she was just going through a lot of stuff and she did this very emotional very vulnerable podcast back and it was so brilliant and also so humanizing for me as somebody who really loves her work I really recommend it in terms of a hearing her story but also just knowing that like we're all in similar boats a lot of the time and there can be people you look up to and tell yourself well they're not going through what I go through and I think it's so useful to see that I think of it as like a sharing of power when somebody is vulnerable in that way Mm. really recommend that episode and I will have a look at that book because I needed to catch up and then last this is a completely different kind of question you can only eat one food for the rest of your life what is it roast dinner roast dinner any particular favorite part of the roast dinner? No, all of it. Gravy. Gravy is I... like <laughs> gravy. Gravy ties it. Like broccoli is better with gravy on it. Beans are better with gravy on it. Yeah. Pizza, like potatoes, are everything is better with like good gravy. Yes, I agree. Any particular meat, or are you just like all of the meats fine? All of the meats is fine. Yeah. Yorkshire, Yorkshire, I'm not fuzzy. Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> oh, if any. If anyone's not from this country and doesn't know about Yorkshire puddings, I don't know, are they going to be nice to other people? If you don't like them, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, God, I love... We don't have... Do you know when I was growing up, my mum was a very, like, a freezer cook. Everything was from the freezer. Yeah. And we used to have Aunt Bessie's frozen yeah. Yorkshire puddings. Yeah. And even those, amazing. I loved... I used to just have a plate of those for gravy. Yeah. The bake at home ones are amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's... that's <laughs> I don't cook at all. This is a whole joke with my friends. So my, and my husband's away now for like three days. So I'm like, oh, how can I have a roast dinner? <laughs> this is what always happens with that question. Thank you so much. Can you tell people how they can find you on the internet and how they can get in contact with your work? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok at New Frame Therapy. That's where you'll find a lot of my content around mental health and therapy and stuff like that. And, and what's on my website? Nice. We'll link that as well. We'll link all of your stuff in the show notes. And you're doing TikTok. How are you finding it? It's all right. I, th- I think it's 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 so much more laid back than Instagram. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be as curated. And yes. you can just come on in any way and just show up yeah. and just do your thing. Yes. yes. It's not as serious. I, I, I quite like the laid back approach of it. Great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, thank you everyone for listening. And I will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>